You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Podcast, the English-speaking podcast about all things Atleti. Finally, uh, a very satisfying week for Atletico fans. Uh, Atleti are through to the round of 16 in the Champions League. And what better way uh, to celebrate that than with having uh, the good luck charm, uh, Emiliano, back on the show. Uh, how are you doing, Emmy? Very fine. Happy to be here. And as I as I said, in case we won, which I was sure we were going to, I was going to be here again. So happy to be here and happy that we won. And uh, hopefully uh, that continues uh, for this week with, with the Derby. Uh, so let's start with the uh, Porto game. Uh, Atleti uh, finally uh, producing a, a very good performance and uh, managed to beat Porto away from home uh, 3-1. And uh, would you like to give us your thoughts about that game? Uh, Yeah, I think in the first half, the team was quite nervous. I think uh, although uh, Porto didn't actually create that many chances, in that sense, we have to say that I think uh, Simeone made it quite well in order to control their main threat, that was Luis Diaz, with that a defensive tandem of Lemar that wasn't the best one, but at least uh, gave Llorente some help there to control him. 
And uh, in, I think with the ball, in the first uh, 10, 15 minutes, we were being able to intercept some passes. But when we recovered the ball, the idea, I think, that was for, to, counter to create counter-attacking actions fast in offensive transitions. But when we recovered the ball, we were very, being quite um, slow on the ball because I think they weren't being confident enough. They were being, as I said, very nervous at the start of the game. I think all that continued, and in the next minutes after that, after the first 15, I think Porto started to have uh, more territorial uh, domination of the game. Like they were playing a lot more on our um, on our side. They were controlling the ball completely. When we recovered, they were being able to recover it fast. And then in the second half, I think we started a little bit better. Uh, Llorente and Griezmann started to have some sort of connection, which uh, made us have some more offensive presence. But also Porto there created some chances because they started to find more spaces too. I remember that uh, there were uh, two quite clear chances. I remember that one that uh, Oblak said with his foot to Taremi that he covered quite well the, the first post. And afterwards, uh, Taremi tried to change the post and Ola covered it quite well and I remember another one of Taremi too that they sent him the cross back and he he sent it uh, above the, the the crossbar and I think once we scored the goal they changed the goal uh, that goal changed completely our mindset I think that the team started to be a lot more confident uh, they started to feel a lot more comfortable in the game. They managed uh, very well that advantage we got. And we started to to be a lot more dangerous in counter-attacks, even more when Correa came in for uh, Lemar, as Lemar wasn't adding much in terms of offensive display. Correa helped Llorente, uh, but at the same time made a great job uh, counter-attacking. I also think in the second half, Koki and the Paul improved. The Paul was quite solid all throughout all the game, but especially in the last 30 minutes, I would say he was really good. Koki improved. He was quite quite decent. And I think uh, the only thing I would like to like point out as a negative after we scored was the action of Carrasco that I think could have costed us more than what it ended up costing us because uh, Cunha ended up saving us with that smart action in which he got that uh, that threat for Wendell. But if not, it would have costed us a lot. And I think we can't do that because in that moment of the game, we have to be smart enough to be able to control the tempos like we did. But Carrasco with that action could have uh, destroyed all that work. So I think from that sense, he has to work on it. And then in terms of system, I think uh, to play three at the back was uh, quite necessary considering that uh, Porto had a threat like Luis Diaz in in there. On the, on the other podcast, I said I wasn't very convinced with any of the two, but I think Simeone ended up taking the right decision because that way he was able to defend better the width and control uh, Luis Diaz and also Versalico and Condovia were really good. So it surprised me a lot. We have to also uh, really 
give the value deserves to the, the to the performance Versalico had because he also played like 60 minutes with an injury in his face that resulted in a fracture. So it was very difficult for him to play, especially as a centre-back with that condition, and he did it quite well and well. Condovia also too. So I was quite happy overall with how the team played after they scored and with some perform uh, individual performances of overall, especially in defense, Oblak, Cunha uh, gave some solutions also, and Correa and Griezmann, once we scored, also created a, a lot of opportunities for us. So I think overall this could be a breaking point maybe to start to feel more, for a team to start to feel more confident and perform. Hopefully we will be able to see that in the derby. Perfect. So uh, I think you, you covered almost everything about uh, that game. Um, you, you have mentioned that this could be a turning point uh, for the team in general uh, as they have been uh, underperforming. Uh, but I think one of the most notable players that have been underperforming uh, is Jan Oblak, as he, he's usually this uh, unstoppable monster and, uh, you know, he. Uh, I mean, he, he's the the face of Atleti's defense has been for quite a few years, and uh, it, his uh, his form uh, has uh, has been very obvious uh, that he's been underperforming, considering uh, Atleti have been conceding a lot more, uh, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, some some of that is on the defense. Uh, but you look at the stats afterwards, and you see that. Uh, uh, the let's say the uh, expected goals against uh, is not that high, but uh, at the same time we are still conceding a lot. Uh, so uh, I think that uh, could be on Oblak. Uh, but uh, against Porto, we saw the old monster. We saw the La Liga player of of the season uh, for for last season. So uh, could could uh, his form be a confidence issue? And could this game actually? be the turning point for, for Jan Oblak? Do you see that happening? Uh, well, like you said, he hasn't been having the best season. I I remember I saw the other day the stats, and I think in terms of, say, percentage, he was really low. I think if he wasn't the lowest in the league, he was quite near the lowest. He was, I think, about a 57% or something. When you compare it to the 80 of last season, has nothing to do. I think maybe yes could be would have something to do with confidence at the end of the day. Uh, we also saw it with the team that when they were able to score, they they looked a lot more confident and a lot more convinced on the game plan. I think Oblak overall had a very good game. I was uh, talking with some people after the game that besides the, um, the amount of crucial saves he had, because I think he had two very important saves to keep the, the team in game, but also he looked a lot more secure in the aerial part. Let's say he he was able to to dominate the the box against a team that usually is very dangerous in in aerial duels, in in set pieces, and he was able to to provide that security we have been missing for a lot of time, especially in set pieces. And so I think, yes, maybe it could be a breaking point for him too. Hopefully that will be the case because we need him at the best level in order to be able to compete against teams like Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. 
Excellent. Um, so uh, let's talk about uh, the system that uh, Cholo used uh, in, in that game. Um, I mean, he, he's been struggling uh, so far this season to find uh, the best fit. Uh, he's been uh, trying the 4-4-2 formation and then switching to 3-5-2. Uh, and neither have has been very convincing. It seems that... Uh, is just uh, not finding the proper pieces uh, in order uh, to complete the puzzle of either formation uh, and just seems stuck between two systems. Uh, what do you think the performance against Porto showed? Uh, you know, does does it like uh, uh, con convince you uh, that one one of the systems is better than the other? Uh, considering he went with a three three five two formation despite all the uh, absent players. Um, well, I think uh, at the end of the day, the the ideal system also goes around the uh, who you play against in a game against uh, a team that has their main threat. In, on the wing, maybe it's ideal to to be able to defend the, the width properly. That's why I think the line of five at the back, because when we were defending, it was more of a, a line of, of five, was uh, ideal for that. I also, although we saw three in the middle, in some cases, Lemar was pretty, pretty much playing like, a, like another wing back. Because he was playing, helping a lot. Llorente. Uh, the thing I, is, I, I don't think Lemar is the most ideal player for that role. Maybe Correa would have been better for to to make him play there. Lemar, I think that he has to play with some more freedom and not some so many defensive responsibilities. But yes, overall, I think uh, the system we used can be useful, but we don't have to to be close just to that system. We have uh, a quite uh, deep squad in order to play different systems, but at the same time, I think we also have to adapt to the necessities of the moment. Uh, maybe to play with four at the back, you need a more, uh, a more solid left back. We aren't having that at the moment with Lodi. Lodi isn't responding in the best way in, he, ha he, ma he has had some good performances, but he's quite inconsistent. We also don't have, the, I think, a defensive midfielder, so maybe sometimes to play three at the back can give you that extra security in order to, to compensate that lack of a defensive midfielder. But over, and maybe with four at the back, for example, you could also give more freedom to Carrasco that, that has, has got uh, Carrasco having a lot uh, more involvements offensively and creating a lot more of goals and assists. But I think it will depend a lot of the game and of the necessity of the game and how the, the moment of each player is, because depending on their actual form, maybe to play one system is better than the other. So I don't think Porto game has defined how we have to play in terms of system. It, I think it will vary depending on the rival, of the amount of injuries we have, and the, the form of each player. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And uh, another thing that uh, has been 
you know, has contributed a lot uh, to Simeone's uh, issues with the system uh, is the fact that uh, he hasn't been able to rely on so many players. Uh, you have mentioned Lodi hasn't been at the uh, at the top of his game, uh, and uh, Kondogbia, uh, while he did have uh, some very good performances himself as well, uh, has made quite a few mistakes uh, when when playing as a defensive midfielder. Uh, of course, Koke, we have talked about him uh, in the previous podcast. Uh, he he has uh, uh, his form has dropped a lot, uh, especially when when playing uh, as a pivot. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh, not just uh, Simeone uh, not being able to find the best fit for the players. It's also the players themselves uh, who haven't been able uh, to convince him properly. Yeah, I agree with you. And as I said before, it also depends on the qualities of the of the opponent. I think at the end of the day, to have the tactical flexibility to be able to play different systems is a positive thing as long as you can benefit from it. Another thing is to be changing of system because you aren't being able to uh, make the best out of the squad you have that I think in many cases it was the issue in Porto I think it, it was maybe because of the players we had absent because of the uh, the lack of level of some players like for example Lodi to play in a back four but also I think it had to do with the type of of team we were playing against and their strengths and how to to reduce their their strengths and I think and I think in that sense it worked quite well because although Porto dominated the game I would say for at least uh, 45 50 minutes they weren't able to create that many chances perfect uh, so uh, let's talk about uh, some of the uh, notable performances uh, we saw in the Porto game uh, you have mentioned uh, we we were able to neutralize their their threats very well. Uh, their main threat, obviously, being uh, Luis Diaz, and uh, I think Llorente had an absolute masterclass uh, defensively. Uh, he made so many tackles. He uh, he stopped uh, his. his uh, uh, his attacks very well and uh, just couldn't really make him comfortable uh, down, down the left-hand side. Uh, yes, I think Llorente played a very good game defensively and also even offensively in the second half. He contributed a lot. I remember, as I said, that when the second half started, his connection with Griezmann started to offer us some, some offensive projections that ended even, if I'm not wrong, the corner of the goal was provoked by uh, an action of Llorente, if I'm not, if I didn't mess up, but I think that also, I remember another action in which uh, Griezmann received the uh, cross from Llorente and he wasn't able to connect the ball properly in the second half, but yes, there, was, there were th three or four uh, projections in, in that were caused by a connection with Griezmann that uh, made his position a little bit closer to the midfield in order to be able to connect with your rent. And I think with that, we started to be a little bit more creative and a little bit more uh, dangerous offensively. So yes, I think your rent in that sense contributed a lot to the game defensively, especially, but also when it was required offensively too. And then, yes, I think, uh, as we mentioned before, uh, Versalico and Condovia had quite a good performance that I think surprised most of us, especially because they aren't uh, centre-backs. So to be able to perform at that level in such a difficult game as a centre-back is something that surprises many. 
Then I think the fall was very good too. Uh, throughout all the game, he was quite consistent, but especially in the second half, I think he, he gave us a lot. Then Griezmann played very well. Uh, he, I think offensively in the first half, although the team wasn't playing well, he was one of the most involved ones. And in the second half, as I said, he started to create uh, with the help of Llorente. And afterwards, he scores, he scores the goal. He has a, that great action in the second goal. He was also involved in the third goal. So I think he, he was quite good in order and was crucial for the team to win. Correa, once he came in, I think he was really good helping Llorente defensively, but also creating some counter-attacking actions, one of them the goal. I think Cunha, in the first half, had it quite difficult. He fought well with Pepe. It wasn't easy, but also in the second half, offered some more possibilities attacking the space. So I wouldn't say he had a, a perfect game, but I think he had some interesting actions. And yes, that would be what I would point as the, the best performance. Yeah, and another thing uh, about Cunha I'd like to point out is uh, that run he had in the second half uh, where he received the ball in, in the middle of the pitch uh, and uh, started the counter all, uh, on his own, uh, got past uh, two of the uh, Porto defenders and chipped the ball. Uh, Pepe was just able uh, to clear it off the line. Uh, it fell to Griezmann, uh, who passed it to Koke, uh, who couldn't convert it. Uh, but we are really seeing some very positive signs uh, from Cunha. And uh, with Suarez, uh, while he did train today, is still somewhat uh, of a doubt for, for the derby. Uh, do you trust Cunha uh, to be the uh, main threat offensively uh, alongside Griezmann? Uh, I think... Uh... We will have to wait to see what happens with Suarez, as you said, but I think that, yes, he can offer a lot. And as I said in the previous episode of the podcast, he can offer also stuff that Suarez maybe at this point can't offer. So it's interesting to come with him. And yes, I agree that action in which you, you talked about that, about that run that almost finished in the goal. I think that that proved a lot of the qualities he has. He's a player that is very smart to attack spaces, to offer, uh, to become a pass, a passing offer, and also is a quite a strong player in, in order to, to even handle the possibility of other players. Uh, because in that, that action with Pepe, I think that what he did the best was to be able to, to keep on running and holding the ball and protecting it while Pepe was like uh, how I could say it in English, sorry, <laughs> I'm messing up. But yes, like yeah, he was he, able. He managed, he managed to out, out yeah. was trying to to clear it, like to to dispossess him, and that was very difficult, especially with a player like Pepe. So yes, I think that that was quite impressive from from him. And yes, he's a player that has many qualities. He's quite a complete player. We have seen that he can also work from different positions. Uh, in certain moments of the game, he was playing a little bit more uh, turned into the left. So I think, yes, he's a player that offers you a lot of opportunities. And if Suarez isn't available to start, I fully trust him to be able to to make it well against Madrid or any other opponent. Perfect. Um, 
So we, we did mention uh, Suarez, uh, who uh, uh, did train today, but is still somewhat doubt, uh, somewhat of a doubt for uh, the derby. Uh, another, uh, you know, so, some of the players that uh, Simeone will not have available for the derby uh, are Versalico, who, uh, as you mentioned, uh, very bravely continued to to, uh, to play despite uh, having a fracture uh, in, in his skull, and uh, uh, he did uh, have a surgery today. Uh, well, I think he'll be out for about a month. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, Josema uh, hasn't recovered from his injury. Same with Trippier and Savage. Uh, so, uh, I mean, s s there are so many players uh, are, who aren't available uh, for Simeone. Uh, how much do you think that this will affect the team? Uh, it's, without any doubt, will be hard uh, because there are many important players missing, especially defensively, but we have to trust in what the players that we will have the chance to play will do, like it happened against Porto, because maybe players that weren't having that much playing time, like Kotlovia or Versalico, played really well, and we have to trust also the plan uh, Simeone can develop with them, and also the, the trust he gives them to perform, because I think at the end of the day, football is a game in which how you feel mentally and how much you trust what you can do uh, defines a lot of your performance, too. So I think it won't be easy, of course, but uh, I, I think we have to, to believe it's, it's possible for players that maybe haven't been playing their best or maybe even have to play out of position, they can perform in a context of trust and a context of convictions towards what we, we are planning tactically. Brilliant. Um, so let's talk about what they will be up against. Uh, Real Madrid, uh, I mean, they, they've been uh, on excellent form. Uh, Vinicius, uh, Courtois and Benzema uh, have been firing on all cylinders uh, so far this season. Uh, I mean, uh, what's what are the main threats uh, for uh, from Real Madrid uh, this season, and uh, you know what's their form like uh, in in your opinion? Well, I haven't been watching them as much as in the past seasons, uh, but I think uh, from what I have been watching of the games I was able to watch, I think they're they are a team that. Uh, relies a lot on in individual performances. I think Benzema and Vinicius are probably having their best form in their careers. They are being really incredible. Uh, Courtois, you said, is being great, in my opinion, probably, well, well, without any doubt, the best goalkeeper in La Liga, and probably, if not the best, one of the best in Europe and in the world. And I think uh, they are having those some um, issues defensively, they are conceding a lot of chances. They should have conceded many more goals if it wasn't for a level of Courtois. And I think overall, in terms of collective performance, they aren't they are being as good as what the table says, because they are. I think they are over-punctuating, I would say. They deserve less points than the ones they have. But at the end of the day, I think, yes, they are, the, as of now, the most informed team in La Liga, and the, it will be a a great challenge to to play against them and it will say a lot of the team uh, how we are able to perform in a game like this one. I think one of the keys will be to be able to control Vinicius and to control Benzema. If you are able to control those two, that is really difficult. 
uh, you have many more chances. We know they are a team that has a ridiculous uh, capacity of scoring goals because of them too, basically. So if you are able to control that, afterwards I think they aren't that solid defensively. So we, we will have our chances, I think. It will depend on us scoring that, scoring them and to enable them to, to have many chances because the ones they have, they usually score them. Um, so, uh, with that in mind, uh, what do you think is the best lineup to go for uh, in, in the derby? And uh, what are the, the ways that uh, Atletico can, can hurt Real Madrid? Well, about the lineup, I think I would go well for sure with Oblak. I think in defense, I would go once again with three at the back. I think I would play with Felipe, Condogbia, Hermoso. Then Carrasco as a left wing back, uh, Llorente as a right wing back. Then in the middle, I think I would play with, well, with the Paul and Poke for sure. My dad would be uh, Correa or Lemar because I think if you want to maybe to, to defend Vinicius, if that's the main focus of, in order to have uh, more opportunities to win the game, like we did with Porto against Vistillas, maybe to play uh, Correa will be more useful because he he can do more. That job we saw the other day, we were I was talking about before, of helping Llorente almost being a, another wing-back. And then on top, I think I would play with Griezmann and Cunha. Uh, it's still not clear... Uh why uh, Zhao Felix uh, is still uh, not getting not getting uh, minutes of the bench uh, i mean uh, it's it's a very safe guess uh, that uh, uh, Simeone doesn't want to risk him because uh, he has been uh, a bit fra fragile with with injuries so uh, i think it, it is the right decision considering he had a uh, an injury relapse not too long ago so uh, I mean, a slow introduction for Felix uh, is is the best, uh, in in my opinion. Um, yes, I think also in the, at, at the moment maybe Griezmann is at a better level, and I think I would play with a nine that kind of offer us options attacking the space because I think we will probably bet throughout some moments of the game on defending in a low block, and then attacking fast with offensive transition so in that sense i think uh, cunha offers more than him and well Griezmann is in a very good form scoring a lot of goals so maybe right now uh, i would start them too i think uh, as you said Joao also just came back from an injury so maybe he isn't uh, still 100 percent fit and ready for a game of such an exigence at least to play 90 minutes or most of the game so maybe he can have more coming out from the bench in any case in case uh, Simeone decided to start him, I think it could be also interesting. We have seen Joao that in certain, in the, in the top games of this season, he has been quite interesting, like against Barca, against Liverpool at home. He was one of the, our best performers, so we, we can't uh, discard him. But as of, as of now, I think more of an attack with Griezmann and Cunha. Hopefully he starts or if he gets minutes, we will be able to see that talented Joao, we all like. He hasn't found uh, that much consistency this season. Uh, similar to the last part of last season, he's struggling, struggling a lot with injuries and hopefully he will be able to, to overcome that, to start to become important once again, like he once was. And that would for sure contribute a lot to the team. 
perfect. Uh, so uh, the only thing left for me to ask is for a prediction for uh, the real game. Uh, would uh, Dr. Viardo allow you to do that? Well, as you know, uh, it's difficult for Dr. Villardo to allow me, to allow me, but I think that considering last time we were, it worked when I predicted we would win against Porto, we have to... Villardo, I think that I, that would allow me after that, so I think I, I will be able to give it to you. Once again, I will predict we will win. I believe in this team. I think uh, after Porto's game, the, the mood of the team changed. They will be a lot more confident. And I think we have a lot of possibilities of winning, even with all difficulties we are facing in terms of injuries. And I, I fully trust Simeone and the guys to be able to provide us with a win that is crucial in order to keep on fighting for the league. That is the main objective of this season. Perfect. Um, so uh, that, that'll be all for uh, today's episode. Uh, Emiliano, thank you so very much for, for joining me again. Thanks to you. And I, I also want to know which one is your prediction. Um, I, I mean, I, I gave my prediction last time, so I, I will go, uh, li like you said, if it worked last time, it should work uh, right now. And uh, yeah, I do have a, a good feeling about it. Uh, despite all the absent players, I do think, uh, like I said, uh, that uh, the players are more confident, uh, that uh, Simeone is uh, in, in an excellent mood, uh, as we saw him uh, celebrating after the Porto game. Uh, so I'm, I am going to uh, cross my fingers and say that this is the uh, turning point of, of our season. And uh, hopefully we we can get get a win uh, a, a very narrow win but uh, a win nonetheless and uh, that's what i'm hoping for yes i hope the same too and i also would like to tell the people to keep on believing in the team because i saw many negative thoughts about porto's game that i think this team has provided us with a lot of happiness just some months ago so the least they deserve is a little bit a little bit of trust from ourselves when they aren't in their best uh, form so I would ask everyone to to be positive and to believe in the team and in Simeone that they have given us so much in the last years. I could not have said it better myself, and uh, that is the reason why uh, I end every episode with "Nunca dejes de creer." I do think this is the uh, the uh, the phrase that fits uh, Atletico fans be best, and uh, you know just. Uh, always having confidence in the team, uh, what, what could possibly go wrong. Uh, so the only thing left for me is uh, to thank you for sticking with us and uh, for listening to today's episode and see you in the next episode.